0: Lorenzo Alexander sitting in for BIC today. Uh, we saw some history last night. Had Footprint Center, Devin Booker going off in the latest Suns win, 51 points and three quarters. Here to talk uh, Suns and NBA with us is a writer from uh, Yahoo Sports. Jake Fisher joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Jake. How are you doing? Thank you guys for having me. Doing well. I, I also, I, before we get started, I noticed the uh, name of your podcast. Please don't aggregate this. And I got a good chuckle <laughs> out of that name. Does that work? Does the title no, of prevent the not. aggregation? Of not. <laughs> hey. I, I, I did that because it's funny
1: to see on a blog or whatever, you know, <laughs> someone said on the please don't aggregate this podcast. It, it's very tongue in cheek and, and uh, silly to me.
0: <laughs> it's very funny. Um, Devin Booker goes off last night, 51 points in uh, just under 31 minutes. Suns beat the Bulls. They're rolling right now. I mean, just big picture, generally speaking, what can you say about the continued development of Devin Booker and and his career?
1: No, On Tuesday, I started getting back on the phone and calling on the league trying to find out some trade chatter and there really hasn't been anything new this week and I always notice what kind of trends I hear when there's an absence of of the rumors and the intel and honestly, even before the 51-point game after what he did against uh, Sacramento on Monday night, I've just heard a lot of people start to talk about how this this losing player that's like hasn't done it in the playoff label that got a to Booker, I think has it, clearly melted away amongst the eyes of people on the league who are watching him. Mean, this guy is just kind of – I mean, to me, he's my I, – I don't really like the awards culture and the debate around it, but to me right now, he's the MVP of the league, doing what he's doing, keeping Phoenix – Number one in the West, without Chris Paul, without Cam Johnson, without Jay Crowder. Um, I mean, the, the guy's just just a stone cold scorer. And he's a professional, and he's getting it done on, a, on a, the the defense. Excuse me, the defensive side of the ball too. So um, he, he's really, I think, uh, turned a lot of naysayers into supporters.
0: Yeah, we were talking about that that subject earlier. Uh, not necessarily among the league and, and those who follow the league, because you're right; those that stigma was on Devin Booker for a long time as a stat stuff or empty calorie guy on a bad team. My frustration is with with the fans who just won't acknowledge it. They got stuck on you know the early perception they had of Devin Booker, and even when he has games like that or has back to back forty point games in the NBA Finals, there's this seeming refusal among some Jake to to, to recognize. Devin Booker, about what he's become?
1: It's it's a challenge, I think, for players and coaches and executives and fans alike to shift a mindset about a player, about a group of players, about a team, when you do go into a tanking, rebuilding purgatory for a few years. And we, we look at even Minnesota right now where Anthony Edwards still has his obvious struggles despite his obvious strengths and ability to be an all-star caliber player. Like he's still only 22. Mm -hmm. So I think in a world now where, Luca comes in at 19 years old and does what he's doing, and Zion's an all-star at, at, at you know 20 years old and putting up historic numbers. Like, there's an expectation that these guys need to be finished products by the time they're 21, and then all of a sudden, in a couple of years, you look up at someone like Booker and Jason Tatum, who is probably the biggest competition right now for that MVP award, like. I think we need to start understanding that you can get better from 21 to 24. Like It doesn't sound like that crazy of a concept, but I think people are so quick to attach a label and a judgment onto someone before they've really become like a functioning adult, let alone even entered their prime as an NBA player. Yeah, so Jake, how has that applied to D.A. as well, right? There's been a lot of expectations. Obviously, he's a younger guy and his growth, right? The stigma around who he is and over the last, you know, five or six games, especially after that Pat Bev shove, he's made a shift, it looks like, in his play and his dominance. What is the stigma around the league? Has that shifted or mindset around the league? Has that shifted about who he is and would he be, you know, a part of a potential trade, you know, around the trade things? That was a big conversation here in the Valley in the offseason. season. Yeah, obviously, when he's the number one pick in the draft and you take him over Luka and then you decide to not give him an early bird extension heading into last season, that's going to cast a pall over any player. And it did all throughout last year. And obviously, he lingered on the periphery of free agency for several weeks until the Indiana offer sheet came. And even still, even once he signs and he comes back, they're, they're, you're right, there's absolutely still speculation that you know, maybe Phoenix doesn't necessarily want to pay him that money. And he's not trade-eligible for a bit, and he'll then have um, basically a no-trade clause, I, I believe it's for a year, um, through when the, the contract got signed. So that is something people still are you know, whispering about behind the scenes, if you will, but I do think the fact that, he has really emerged as the strong number two as a guy who's doing it on both sides of the floor. And him and Booker seem to have only a developing and growing synergy together. That's that's important, too. That might be the most important thing of all. Those two guys like playing with each other are effective playing with each other and are doing it at this high level. I mean, right now we're, we're basically, you know, a quarter of the way through a third straight season of Phoenix being one of the top Two records in the Western Conference, one of the top records in the league. That's not
0: something to, to, to sniff at. Yep. Jake Fisher from Yahoo Sports, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. You mentioned earlier, Jake, uh, your intel that you're doing uh, on maybe some trade movement around the league, and I know some ears perked up in Phoenix because there's a lot of people that are waiting on the Jay Crowder deal. Strange situation. We're two weeks away from the December 15th date on the calendar where a lot of players become trade eligible, and six weeks away from January 15th. Might this drag on until after after January 15th from what you've been able to find out
1: my, I I think there's someone told me this way back in September or I, I guess early October when I first wrote about like a, a whole story just about the Crowder situation at Yahoo and they said to me that you know maybe and this is someone from another another team maybe Phoenix just has a deal in the books that they're comfortable with for a player that, you know, this is a hypothetical, but someone like Victor Oladipo, where Miami, we all know at this point, is, is certainly a team that is interested in Jake Gratter. He was with the Heat in the finals before he went to Phoenix. He only signed in Phoenix because the three-year, $30 million deal that the Suns gave him was something that Miami was unwilling to, and that's the same contract he's looking to get right now. So Victor Oladipo, who signed back with the Heat, who hasn't really been playing much kind of nursing injury situations, he's someone who becomes trade eligible on December 15th. So hypothetically, if the Suns have something like that already on the books, or not on the books, but on the table that that, that they would like, but they're just waiting for that to happen. I mean, clearly they're not going to move him to a team like Milwaukee or Atlanta if they don't get a package back. That they find better or equal to something like that. Again, I'm not saying that in the spirit of my podcast title. I'm not saying that the old people <laughs> thing is on lock. I'm saying that type of move, either that exists, that is something the Suns are aware they have coming down the pipeline, or they truly just in general haven't had a deal from any of those teams we mentioned. Um, really get them excited about a return because. They clearly don't need Jay Crowder back. Like, yeah. They are the number one team in the West right now, so they are being patient and they are holding out to get a player that they truly believe is going to impact their postseason, you know, rotation. So, Grayson Allen hasn't done that for them. Clearly, I mean, any John Collins or any package that the Hawks could have come together with, you know, that hasn't happened yet. So, at this point, the only thing I can say pretty definitively is, right now, it does seem like the most likely. Outcome is Jake Crowder departing by way of a three-team trade because if there was a, two, a direct two, two-team 2 situation that made sense for all sides, it would have happened by now.
0: Yeah. Jake Fisher from Yahoo Sports, our guest, before we let you go, you mentioned the Suns are on top of the Western Conference, but it's been a weird 20-game start or so in the West because you got 11 teams separated by four and a half games. When do we start seeing some drop-off, or do you think this could be like a season-long log jam in the Western Conference?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of why the trade activity around the league is kind of muted, too, because so many teams are, are are waiting and thinking, oh, if we just win five of six games, we just go on a run that Phoenix is going on right now, we can establish ourselves to where we think we should be. You know, the Nets, I was just at the Nets game against the Wizards last night in Brooklyn, and they're putting on a little bit of a streak here. Like mm-hmm. They think know, now we've got KD and Kyrie back and Ben Simmons is out again, but who I know mean, like all these teams from one all the way down to the Lakers I, I believe they're 13th still in the west right now who so they've gone on a bit of a streak they're all holding and clutching their pearls that, that they'll be able to take a step forward and then then they'll be more motivated to try to go be a buyer as opposed to a seller or to pat whatever. So I do think that it could be a situation where we're stuck like this for a while, and maybe this is just where the league is at right now. There's so much talent Man. in the NBA where you've got, I mean, a couple years ago, you know, there wasn't Devin Booker and Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic and. Uh, the Cavaliers now have Donald Mitchell and Darius Garland and you go down there's just a lot of young teams, a lot of young talent to compare against the Steps and the KDs and the Giannis and LeBron and the established veteran guys so um, maybe this is just where the NBA is at right now where the, we kind of got misled in the last decade where it was just LeBron and the Warriors basically in the finals for eight years. We might just kind of be in a new era where it may change. And you know, Everything is cyclical in this league and in all leagues, but for now, from my perspective and from people I've spoken with, it kind of seems like everyone's prepared for this type of parity, maybe not so deadlocked, but something where there isn't just an obvious champion every year mm-hmm. to kind of be the case for, for the next coming season.
0: Jake, great stuff. Uh, Really appreciate the time and the insight, and I'll apologize, but you did say Devin Booker is your MVP at this point, so you're probably going to get aggregated by our website. There you go. go. (laughs) I will
1: will, will wear that like a badge of honor.
0: (laughs) Thanks. Jake, hopefully we can talk again soon. Thank you so much.
1: You got it. Take care, guys.